Hey, everybody, welcome to episode number 179 of the Deaf Dad podcast. We're diving into the fascinating world of human cognition and exploring a concept that profoundly influences our decision making processes called anchoring bias. So have you ever wondered why our judgments and choices can sometimes seem irrational or skewed or why it might seem so hard to break free from what you've always done, especially when it comes to, say, managing your finances? Anchoring bias provides us with a compelling explanation. It's a cognitive bias that affects our perception of information and influences the judgments we make based on that information. And today we are going to be sharing how cognitive bias is affecting your finances and how it could be keeping you stuck and making decisions that are making your situation worse. Stay tuned. You're listening to the Debt-Free Dad Podcast with Brad Nelson. Brad and his co-hosts experience the anxiety of living paycheck to paycheck before learning the fundamentals of financial security. They are now on a mission to empower regular people to pay off their debt for good and enjoy happier, less stressful lives. Keep listening for inspirational interviews, tips, tricks, and practical advice to gain financial freedom. Hey, hey, how's everyone doing today? You can find us on Facebook, TikTok, YouTube, and Instagram. Just search Brad Nelson or Debt Free Dad. And as always, welcome to today's show. And remember to get all the resources, show notes, and links for today's show. You can head over to balancesense.com forward slash 179. That's B-A-L-A-N-C-E-D-C-E-N-T-S dot com forward slash uh, 179. So uh, we had a big day yesterday here at the Deaf Dad podcast. I shared uh, a couple of images with uh, the team last night, and we have hit some brand new records here at the Deaf Dad podcast. Just want to share with all you amazing listeners out there uh, over this past month, and as, as you guys know, we're recording these a little bit behind. So as you guys listen to this, it's probably three or four weeks from now. So by that time, these numbers are going to be crushed, right? <laughs> but in the last 30 days, we've had 11,000 downloads. In the last week, we had over 3,000 downloads of the podcast, which is really, really exciting. So uh, I just really wanted to take time and, and recognize you guys as the listeners for uh, showing up, listening to the show, uh, sending a lot of the great feedback that you guys are sending over. It, it is it is awesome because we put a lot of work into this. And I also want to thank Ryan, Katie, Amber, and Chris because they put a lot of time into this as well. And uh, it's just awesome to be able to see that it's helping so many people and it's really getting uh, a lot of people started uh, on this journey. And if you're wondering, like, okay, what do those numbers mean? Because when it comes to podcasting, like, is that good? And if you check out listennotes.com and you look up the Deaf Dad podcast, we are ranked in the top 5% of all podcasts worldwide right now. 5%. That's really, really exciting. So, uh, guys, congratulations. How do you guys feel about that? I mean, I, we're kind of famous now. <laughs> Just everybody everybody, tell your friends, encourage them all to listen. And the next thing that people will be saying is Dave who? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, it, it is funny because I just remember, I remember a few years ago, us, you know, Brad and Amber and I just getting Brad really kind of bringing us together. It's like, Hey, do you want to do a podcast? And we're like, sure, we can try that. Like we had no idea what we were doing. I was like, yeah, exactly. Like the first episode, first few episodes was just like deer in the headlights. I'm like, I don't even know this guy, Ryan. Right. (laughs) 
Um, so, but it's just awesome. It's awesome. And to me, it's just, it kind of just goes hand in hand with what we talk about and just like, just get going, just get started. Yeah. You'll figure it out as you go. And I mean, in fact, that's been, that's been our experience. I mean, if you go back and listen to our first ones to now, they're profoundly better, I think. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh yeah. And I think definitely even just this year, adding Chris and Katie and, and, and getting the audience involved. And we've talked a little bit more about how we're going to get you guys more involved. And, um, I think, I think it's been great. And uh, like I said, I think the most motivating part about it is that uh, it's getting you guys out there listening to this to actually do some stuff, which is what the goal of the podcast is. It's not just to sit here and listen to it and then go about your life. It's like a lot of you, um, some of you are doing some pretty amazing things. I, I especially want to give a huge shout out to, to Kyle, who's been, I'm not going to mention last names because I don't want to know if, I don't know if they want their name out there, but um, I know he's posted a little bit in the Life Without Payments group, but uh, this dude has, he sold his Harley sold his Harley to help him get out of debt. Now he's working on the fishing boat and he sent me a message or I think he posted in the Facebook group and he's like, you don't need a super expensive boat to catch the same fish in a, in a cheaper boat. <laughs> I have my grandfather's boat that he bought used. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. And I just, I just think it's, it's cool to see how his mindset is shifted and he's saying financial stress, less financial stress in my life is way more important than this, all this other stuff. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, he's got a family and, um, man, I just, it's just awesome to see, see what these changes are going to do, not only for, for them right now, but also moving forward in their future. It's going to change their life. And, uh, to, to have this podcast be a part of that story, I think it's just, it's just a lot of fun. So, uh, thank you guys. Yeah. appreciate you guys out there. We love you guys and, uh, keep sending those messages cause, uh, it really keeps us going. So, uh, we appreciate you guys. So today, uh, we're talking all about anchoring bias and uh, I, I've read an article about this. I've heard about this and, and, after I read the article, I was like, you know, this really does make a lot of sense with a lot of things that we deal with when it comes to coaching and, and getting people to change their financial mindset is, is getting over this anchor or this bias that we have. And let's talk about what it is. So here's the definition from decisionlab.com. And then I just want to quickly just read through a quick article about this uh, on CNBC. It says, anchoring bias is a cognitive bias that causes us to rely too heavily on the first piece of information we are given about a topic. When we are setting plans or making estimates about something, we interpret newer information from the reference point of our anchor instead of seeing it objectively. This can skew our judgment and it prevents us from updating our plans or predictions as much as we should. All right. Now, if you're like, what? (laughs) All right. We're going to kind of break this down as we go throughout this show and talk about how anchoring bias is affecting some other areas. I just want to read through a little bit of this article. Um, and, uh, if you're watching on YouTube and my face just got really bright, it's because the screen is white now. So I'm sorry about that, but it says, uh, this article is written by, just make sure we give credit, uh, Greg. Oh boy. I, I, I Kiersey? We're just going to go with that. Sorry, Greg. Sorry. I ruined your name. Uh, it says four ways anchoring bias can hurt you financially. It says humans are mental, use mental shortcuts in everyday life to help process information and make speed decisions, but they can lead to bad choices when it comes to personal finance. Some of those poor outcomes are the result of anchoring bias, which can undermine a consumer's rational thinking. This cognitive bias causes the brain to overly rely on initial impressions or numbers to shape subsequent thoughts and judgments. In other words, that early information anchors your future choices. It's the idea that you get a number stuck in your head subconsciously, says Jennifer, associate professor of finance at Seton Hall University, who has studied anchoring bias in investing and it influences future decision-making. Humans are more likely to default to those mental shortcuts known as heuristics in psychology jargon when confronted by complex subjects such as finance, when consumers may feel overwhelmed by information. 
You have to be aware this bias exists or you will fall prey to it daily, says Bradley Klontz, a certified financial planner based in Boulder, Colorado, and the founder of Financial Psychology Institute. And then they go through and list out a couple of things that anchor bias is, and that's what we're going to do on this show and give you guys uh, some examples of how it could be affecting uh, you and your life. And the first one really kind of comes down to just, you know, you're really your overall uh, financial mindset. So for instance, how you were raised, your anchor on how you were raised could be, we'll always be broke, right? That whole mentality of we're always going to live paycheck to paycheck. So if you grew up in a household that constantly struggled with money, maybe you heard your parents getting collection calls or you've seen them struggle, uh, that has become your anchor of how or your mentality or mindset of how money is handled, right? Or it could be just the fact that you weren't really properly taught and you're just using some of those experiences and that's your anchor of just how money's going to work. Or it could be the opposite. Let's say your parents lived an affluent lifestyle. So as a child, you're used to, you know, a certain quality of life, right? And how life was with your parents in their house. And guys, we could probably talk, Ryan, you probably talk a little bit more. Chris, I'm sure you could talk about this too because you got older kids as well. But, you know, as kids, you get used to that way of life. And then all of a sudden you get out in the real world and it's like, I want to go back to mom and dad's, right? <laughs> because you get used to it. So, but for an affluent family, if you were used to growing up that way, your anchor is that lifestyle. All of a sudden, when you get out into the real world, it's like that anchor gets challenged and you think like, well, I should have all this stuff. And that mentality could cause you to go into a lot of debt to keep up with that type of affluent lifestyle that you're used to uh, living, right? Or some other ones could be like this mindset of you're always going to have a car payment or you're always going to have a credit card, right? So how you were raised, I think that's a big one. What do you guys think? Well, I just experienced this today with um, when talking to somebody, older gentleman, he made two comments today that basically are exactly what you're talking about here, which is, I am not very smart. And he always talks about how he's got a seventh, eighth grade education, and that's it. I'm not very smart, and I've always been poor. And both of those were reasons why he's never going to be able to do anything different than what he does why he's never going to have money, why he's never going to be able to go on the vacation that he wants to go on. Because in his mind, I'm not very smart. And because I'm not very smart, I have no way of increasing my wealth, increasing my income. I've always been poor and I'm always, always going to be poor. So I saw that just today. Did you challenge him on that? Well, there's an old saying, you can't teach an old dog new tricks. And I think in this situation, I tried to challenge him, but he kept coming back with the, the glasses half empty every time. I can't. There's another one that drives me nuts. Yeah. You get so ingrained in your mind that you can't do something. Yeah. Well, I'm not going to be a professional football player at my age. I mean, I, I can't do that. But there's you know, nothing that says I can't go off and start another business or I can't go off and you know, build wealth, you know, there's a long list of things that if you set your mind to it, you can do, but uh, yeah, Brad, I challenged him, but yeah, he just doesn't believe because well, of the way he was raised. Yeah, And I can imagine how that's tough for an older person. I mean, if you think about it, say he's tried to overcome that mindset and that mentality over and over again, but he's constantly failed. Well, those failures are just, again, 
just a reassurance of that mindset of he's always going to be those things. Whereas opposed to if you talk to someone's younger who doesn't have as many failures, they're more optimistic, right? Because they haven't had those types of setbacks in their life. So it's, it's hard. You're right. And, and we deal with this in roots, you know, we'll have people who come through and they say, Brad, I'm, I'm in my sixties. I have, I mean, we have roots members who are in their seventies now, which I think is awesome because look at these people. They're, they're in their later years. They're still wanting to work and change and do better. That's, that's incredible. Right. But one of the questions I get is, is it too late for me? You know, they're, they're stuck in that mindset. So for older people to overcome that, I think, um, that's a huge win for them. But I think, yeah, optimism, especially as you get older, if you have had constant failures, especially with a certain topic or thing that you're working on, I'm, I'm sure that's hard to deal with for sure. And by the way, he's listening, not right this moment, mm -hmm. but he's begun listening to this podcast. So I'm sure I'll hear from him here in a few weeks once this airs. Wow, maybe <laughs> awesome. we'll change his mindset. <laughs> maybe. What's, that, what's his, do you, are you going to share it? What's his name? Do you know his name? I do know his name. We'll just say the initials are... Mitchell. Mitchell. All right, Mitchell. <laughs> Mitchell, you keep listening to the show, all right? We'll get you going. We'll get you going. Super, super nice guy. And he just, he's one of those people where I keep trying to work on him, keep trying to work on him. Yeah. And I think the more he hears, maybe we can crack a little bit, put a little bit of a crack in that armor and get through this anchoring bias that he has. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. I've heard the phrase, whether you think you can or you think you can't, you're right. Whatever you're thinking mm -hmm. is how you're going to act or how you things are going to turn out for you because it's all about that mindset. Yeah. It's hard because, I mean, this is just human nature that we, I mean, they've proved it. Like this, this anchoring thing is not, I mean, you have to intentionally fight against it because we all, we all do it. It's not like we're you know, here on this show, we're not, you know, we're, we're immune. You know, we have to, we have to recognize it as well. Uh, another area is social influence, you know, uh, anchoring to what everybody else is doing and what they have and looking at them as a comparison. I mean, I think, uh, what was the, I thought I had it on my desk at one time. It's the uh, millionaire next door. Uh, is it Tom Stanley who wrote that book? Is that one is Thomas Stanley? I think Thomas Stanley wrote, wrote the millionaire next door. Uh, but there was another one, um, how to be, What's the other one, Ryan? How to be rich? You talked about that one before, I think, right? Or yeah, I can't remember oh, the name of it. It's all they're all on my they're all on my bookshelf, and if I turn around, I'm not gonna you're not gonna be able to hear me speaking in my microphone. But there were there was a study in one of those books. I can't remember which the one is, but it, it shows that people who live in certain neighborhoods, like if you live in a more upscale mm -hmm. neighborhood, you you have it's been proven that those people who live in an upscale neighborhood will, will spend more money than say living in an, in an average neighborhood. And it all goes down to this anchoring because you're anchoring and you're looking at the other people in your neighborhood, what they're driving, what they're buying, what their yard looks like, the stuff that they have, probably just socializing with them and keeping up with the Joneses. You're anchoring to that lifestyle. So who you hang out with, even who you follow on social media, what you see on social media, all of those become anchors. And when you see that information, you look at it as that and, and you're saying that that's the norm. And then when you see new information, now you're like, you know, it's hard for you to choose because you're constantly anchoring on that one. The other one is marketing, you know, in the financial industry, this is a big one. You know, the financial industry has done such a great job anchoring us to the idea of that payments and debt are normal. I mean, how many people just think that payments are just a way of life? How many people just feel like they're always going to have a car payment or you're always going to have, you know, a credit card or debt's going to be a part of your life some way, somehow forever. You're never going to get out of it. Well, that's because 
the financial industry has done such a good job at getting us to believe that mindset by anchoring us to getting a credit card when we're 18, right? I don't think credit card companies are allowed to go on campuses now, but you know, when we were kids, when we were in college, you know, credit card companies were all over college campuses trying to get you, you know, early in on some of those, some of those products. And uh, a big part of that is just anchoring and um, it works. I still have my college credit card. (laughs) Do you really? It's the same one. Yeah. (laughs) Is that the one you're using for your business? Yeah. That is incredible. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. research like, shows that if they can get there, if they're the first to get their card in your hand, it you'll worked. be loyal for life. It worked. Isn't the, it's fascinating, <laughs> isn't it? Mm-hmm. I still have that card too, but it's a closed account. I'm just still paying on it because that was the deal. Like, okay, we'll drop your interest down to 0.99%, but you can't use the card anymore. I'm like, all right, let's just get this paid off them. <laughs> that sounds so, like a deal. <laughs> yeah. Do you guys, you guys- it's just like the cash back offers like, Oh, you can get 1.5% back. It's like, but I'm paying 16% in interest if I don't pay it off every month. So did yeah. you guys, did you keep it as like, I was looking for mine. I, I used to have it. it used to be in my debt. I think, so. I think I actually do here somewhere. Yeah, here it is. Look, there's my one right there. <laughs> little tiny visa. I still kept it. Yeah, if you're watching on YouTube, I'll, I'm hanging. Oh yeah, there's my little visa all cut off, and that that's my little trophy of paying off that credit card. I also have all my other receipts here. I just found these going through all this paperwork. I got my last credit card statement here. I've got a note from my grandmother for a five thousand dollar loan. Like this is like serious work that I went through to pay all this stuff off, and uh, now it's now it's a trophy. Right? <laughs> oh that's funny but But, you know you you say like marketing does it but it's even you know you even look at like like the music scene as well right how many songs and how many songs by famous people are about you know so like those same people those people too and not that they're trying to keep you in debt but it helps anchor i mean you you might listen to some of your favorite artists and they've got a great song about you know, like destiny's child, I think it is like bills, bills, bills. And I mean, it's just, it just helps reinforce. Like, it's like, we're all living this lifestyle. We're all in this together. You listen to destiny's child. (laughs) I I did in the day. Who doesn't? Come on. If you like it, got to put a ring on it. (laughs) (laughs) Wait, isn't that just Beyonce? That was just Beyonce. I don't think that was, I don't, I don't think that that was destiny's child. I have no idea. And the fact that Brad knew that is even worse. <laughs> yeah. I didn't come even on. Know come on. We've all done that dance. Everyone knows how to do that. One. <laughs> I still feel like we need to come up with a dance to our new songs that um, we have on the podcast I think, here. So. I think that would be good. I think we should have a little, com- we should have a competition each week. Someone gets to do their new dance <laughs> and then the listeners can vote. Who's the best. <laughs> Challenge like the Dead uh, Free Dead dance. <laughs> uh, next area is purchasing decisions. This is probably one that I want to focus on the most. I mean, obviously, the other three are super important and uh, that we just talked about, which is, you know, how you're raised, social influence, and marketing. But, you know, purchasing decisions going through your daily life. So I'm going to pick on Cole's department stores because I think they're the most notorious for this as an example. So what Cole's will do is they price a product at a higher price, all right? And then they put it on sale to make it look like it's a deal. But the reality is you are purchasing at the price that they really want to sell it for. It really, at the end of the day, in most cases, 
isn't a deal. They're just making you think like you're getting a deal because you're anchoring to that original price of whatever it is. And then they're showing you the sale price. So let's say, for instance, you see a shirt that's originally $79 and they're offering at 40% off. The shirt still is almost 48 bucks, but because we anchor on the 79, it makes the 48 seem like it's a really good deal. But is it? Man, a $48 shirt. But then you get Kohl's cash when you spend $50 and then you can $15 come back the next week and buy more stuff. My mother-in-law plays that game every week. Got to use my Kohl's cash. Got to use my Kohl's cash. And when they circle at the bottom, like you spent this, but you saved this. Right. Like I saved 300 and some dollars, but I only spent 87. So yeah, that, that Kohl's cash can come an advantage if you're smart with it though. If you're, if you're smart, you only buy your $15 worth. Yeah. That's where they get you. Right. If you go back (laughs) and you spend even more, that's, that's where they get you. Right. So you can buy the left sock this week and then the right sock the next time. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Pretty much. Right. Pretty much. Another place that does this is like grocery stores. Like if they say buy five for 10 bucks, you're angry every time. Yes. You're Mm -hmm. anchoring on the deal and the cheaper price per item. But do you really need five of them? Right? No. That's the thing. Okay. I just had this with Dr. But Pepper. But it kills though. me to leave it. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh. Katie, you had an entire cart. Let's talk about this. <laughs> so I have a problem. Hi, my name is Katie and I'm a Dr. Pepper Cherry addict. If they want to sponsor us, that would be great. Um, but <laughs> okay, so I, I've watched what I spend on groceries especially these last five years that I've been getting out of debt. So it used to be a six pack of the 16.9 ounce bottles. I've already drank mine for the day. Otherwise it'd be sitting right here next to me on the desk um, are a six pack for like two forty nine. It's what it used to be. Now it is over $4. It's almost $5 for a six pack. And they were at the local grocery store Three six packs for $10. So of course I'm going to take every single one that they have on the shelves because it's only (laughs) one row between the regular Dr. Pepper, the diet Dr. Pepper and the cream and soda. I only drink cherry and it's like the hardest one to find. So yes, I will drink it all. I am going to stock up. I do need eight six packs of them. (laughs) Nine. It was nine six packs because I needed the three for 10. See, but in that case, you're going to use them. I think it's okay, right? Because right. you'll, you'll use them. It's not like soda goes bad like that quickly. How many of those right. do you drink a day, by the way? You just drink one? Just one. Ever? There's never a day you do two. Okay. Mondays, I might do two. <laughs> <laughs> so there, there goes, there goes Pringles time. as one of our sponsors. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Pringles. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so you when you go shopping, you have to look at these as anchors, you know, are you really getting a deal is, and so if you're focusing on just that first price or these deals, that's what you're anchoring to. And you're saying like, Oh, well I can't pass that up. Right. So it's getting you to potentially spend money and, and retailers know this marketers know this. They know that this is a real thing that we go through and they're using mm-hmm. it against you. So you got to just be aware of it. Uh, some other ones when it comes to mentalities is like, for instance, renting is a waste of money. And how many of us have heard this? And a lot of people feel this just because it's been told to them over and over again. Or mm-hmm. people might only anchor on, say, like when they're buying a house, they only anchor on the mortgage payment, comparing that to their rent. And they tend to forget about all of the extra responsibilities that come with buying a home, right? So they'll anchor on just that mortgage. And what do they'll say? They'll say, well, I'm paying $1,200 in rent, 
my mortgage is also going to be only maybe 12 or 1300 bucks. It's only the same or maybe $100 more. It makes sense for me to buy a home. So they anchor on that and they tend to forget about all of the other expenses and responsibilities that come with owning that home, which is all of the upkeep, which can run anywhere between one to 3% of the total value of the property on an annual basis. And this is probably where I see a lot of people getting caught up a lot. And if you heard the uh, podcast episode that we did with Tara Meinholds, the realtor, uh, and we talked about it on that podcast episode of, you know, when I work with people, people tend to get stressed out about the upkeep of the house. And that's what puts them more in debt than the actual house itself. The house isn't the problem. It's all of the other stuff that comes along with it that tends to add on a lot of the stress on the, on the uh, household finances. Uh, and if you want, as far as renting is a waste of money, we did a whole episode on this uh, episode number 60 quite a while ago, um, two years ago now, but uh, great episode. If you're considering renting versus buying, um, we go through all of that kind of stuff and kind of bust that myth of renting is always a waste of money. I just have to add that my landlord, I was already going to be saving money on rent as it was from my last place, but my landlord offered me an extra $50 a month off if I did the shoveling during the winter and the mowing of the grass during the summer. And I'm like, nope, $50 well spent. You can keep that by <laughs> somebody else. I am not going to do it because I just don't want those extra responsibilities and oh. I don't want to go outside, especially in the cold. All day. All day. <laughs> <laughs> All day I would pay that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Put another zero behind it and I'll consider it. <laughs> <laughs> Put another zero, I'll come up and mow your grass. <laughs> <laughs> also, I've, I've told Brad this week, I have never in my life mowed the lawn ever. Yeah, so she either had my what? dad or my sister did it when I was younger. And then I've always lived somewhere that somebody else took care of it, the maintenance guy or the yeah. landlord or whatever. Oh. So I'm like, I have never mowed. I, I know how to snow blow. I have used a snow blower, but never mowed yeah. grass. Katie sends Ooh, me. I have down here. I got four acres. You can help me cut every week. <laughs> wait, wait. I thought you had goats though. <laughs> you thought we were goats? Getting, I thought you were getting goats. Remember we talked about that. You're going to get some goats to help you much, cut your grass. No, that didn't work well, out. Um, well, must, I need to go get them, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but anyways, yeah. The problem is I got to put a fence up. So now we're anchoring here. I don't think about the cost of the fence <laughs> and the feed and veterinarian bills. milk. And <laughs> uh, yeah, anyway, so th that conversation came up because Katie sent me a happy Father's Day and it was her cutting grass. I'm like, so are you going to come cut it was my grass? An emoji, <laughs> emoji of me cutting the grass. There's something therapeutic about cutting the grass, so uh, I like it. Mm, I like it. Very. It's, it's just, you know, you're on your own. <laughs> right. yep. Was that like, you, Ryan? I Did I just get a... Mm. <laughs> I I have we we've had friends that are like your kids should be cutting the grass like I've let my I try to show my kids cut the grass a number of times and I'm just like it's not straight you're doing it wrong get out of my way I like like I like doing it I don't want like I I agree like it is it is my happy place it's mm -hmm. weird but it is my happy place. Uh, it's mine as long as I'm writing, not pushing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Next area is credit scores, guys. And this was probably uh, a big, well, it's probably the biggest one for me because this was at least, and, and Ryan, you, you, I don't know, you share it too. We grew up in the same house, but this is the number one financial lesson I can remember from my parents, especially my mother uh, talking to us about, you got to have a good credit score, right? It was just the number one thing that I always remember her saying all the time. And it was so hard for me to break away from this mentality. It took forever for me to finally just give it up. Um, 
And uh, but we anchor on that because again, this was a big one. It was how I was raised. I'm looking to my mother who I trusted. She loved me. She took care of us. Like, how could she be wrong? Right. And so she's telling us this as we're kids. And I hear her yelling at my older brother, Mark, about it. I hear her yelling at Ryan about it. Right. And then it's my turn. Right. So you just hear about it all the time. And then when I was an adult, I focused on a credit score. I had a great credit score. And in fact, I was so proud of it because I was like, well, that just give me anything I want. I must be doing so well. But here I was broke living paycheck to paycheck. And uh, but yet I was still thinking I was doing well because I was so anchored on this mentality of having good credit. And uh, that is the reality for a lot of people out there, because I get way more questions as a financial coach. Uh, Chris, and maybe you could speak to this when you were a financial coach, but I, I get way more questions about credit scores than, say, how to build my net worth or how to save more money or how to actually have some freaking money in the bank, right? Um, and if you look at the situations that are happening in the world, you look at when we went through COVID, you look at inflation, you look at all this, are people running around with their hands in the air saying, oh my God, I need better credit. No, they're like, I need freaking money. That's what I need, right? I need some money in my bank account. I need less debt. And I'm here to tell you, your freaking credit score ain't gonna help with any of that, right? So, but we're so anchored on it. It's just hard for a lot of us to break away from that. I remember going. Yeah, I mean, it's it's still, I don't, I'm not even doing financial coaching anymore, but it is probably the number one thing that I hear from adults. Or you read on Facebook groups, you read comments to articles, you hear people talking about is got to get my credit score up. And it just, it still breaks my heart. You've already mentioned this and I've said it a billion times and I'll keep saying it. Who cares what your credit score is? What's your net worth? It's a much more important number to focus on much more important number. But yeah, there's other anchors you get with credit scores like, Oh, you get better rates on your, your insurance. You get better this, you get better that. Okay. Focus on building your net worth. Forget about all of that. And this is to me one less thing to worry about, but people just, I don't know where I'm going with this. It's in my mind. You know, I don't want to word this, but just focus on something that is going to help you in the long run retire. Help yourself do something in the long run that's going to give you peace of mind. Get yourself out of debt. Don't have payments to your banks. And then you can save, you can invest more. And with that comes comfort, peace, that no credit score is ever going to give you. I hope that sort of makes sense. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I... When I first started with Roots, I was determining, do I pay my grocery bill or do I pay my credit card? And Brad said, it's okay to miss one payment. I'm like, okay, for one month, I'm not going to pay my credit card. But it was like, but my credit score. And then now that I've paid off over 116,000, I can't remember because my... Oh, 116,959 was my last number. Um, (laughs) My credit score has almost gone up 170 points. So, I mean, 
it does work in the long run, but I don't even care about that. The only reason I check my credit score anymore is, or my credit report is to make sure that nobody is trying to steal my identity. Like good luck losers. Um, there's nothing there for you. So. <laughs> but yeah, so I would rather have money in the bank all day long than worrying about my credit score. Ryan, do you have anything to add on that? I know you were, I thought you had something to say. Uh, no, I was just, I just remember years ago, um, we had a, we always had a great credit score. I mean, we, we were broke, you know, we barely had $50 in the checking account sometimes, but we always had a great credit score. And I remember going to buy a car as years, I mean, as years and years ago. And, uh, I remember going in, I, our credit score was mid seven hundreds and they denied us. And I was just like, what? I'm confused. My credit score is amazing. Why am I getting denied? And then that's when I, you know, I'd like, it's just that it's just, because we put all this emphasis on having such a good credit score, but there's a point when if you're leveraged enough, it doesn't matter how great your credit score is. You're not gonna be able to borrow any more money. Like you can't go to the, you can't go buy a house or go to the car dealership and get a car. There comes a point when your debt to income ratio is so out of whack that they're like, uh, yeah, no, we can't borrow you money. Yeah. <laughs> but I just totally didn't get it. Cause I, I, at the time it was just credit score, credit score, credit score, always have a great credit score. And we always did. And then that was the time when that, that was kind of a wake up call for us. Like, oh, so it does matter. But then at the end of the day, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter how great my score was. I wasn't able to buy anything. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's it's fascinating to me. Like you said, Katie, how your credit score has gone up. We see that in Roots all the time with our members where and we don't even and this is the crazy thing, you guys. We don't even focus on credit scores in Roots. We don't even we have like a such a small little area that we talk about it very briefly and that's it. We don't talk about, but I can't tell you how many people see their credit scores raised are raised because they actually start managing their money well. And and so if you're someone who's like really concerned about your credit, you almost get the best of both worlds by focusing on like what you said, Chris, focusing on net worth, getting out of debt, reducing your payments. If you're getting good to the point where you play the game like Amber does. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I just had to throw you under the bus a little bit. Hey, I'm doing it in my business too now, right? So, I mean, it's like it if you get to the point where you have the discipline to pay some of that stuff off, it, you can have the best of both worlds, right? But if you're just so heavily focused because you're anchored so heavily on this credit score, you ignore everything else. You're going to be broke living paycheck to paycheck forever. And uh, there's just no way to live. So you got to challenge the anchor, which is credit scars, credit scores are not the only thing, and they certainly aren't the most important thing. Uh, in fact, in my opinion, they're on the lowest end of the totem pole when it comes to all of this stuff. Uh, three, go ahead. Sorry, Kay. I was going to say, we call it, I'm really good at debt number. Like that's all that it means. And honestly, I see it, guys post their credit score in their online dating profiles and I'm just like, left <laughs> what? That's, that's weird <laughs> well they want you to know that they have money or whatever and i'm like nope <laughs> wow yeah. uh, that is awesome <laughs> wow oh that is interesting we're going to do a whole episode just on online dating. I can't wait. Nothing to do with. <laughs> this is Ryan. He works at the bank and he has an 822 credit score. <laughs> what would you do on your date? <laughs> this is Chris. He has no idea what his credit score is. Nor does he really care. He must be a bomb. <laughs> uh, but isn't that... 
You had no credit score for a while, and you I did. House. No, I didn't have every credit. But <laughs> it doesn't show how messed up. Doesn't that show how messed up this is? Like even when you're dating, people look at that as like a a thing. Like really, people mm. are so out of touch with what real financial health looks like. That is such. Oh my god. Oh, that's funny. That. Oh, that's so. funny. That is so funny. Oh, I can't. That's this is gonna be an interesting world I'm walking into. <laughs> Don't put your credit score in your dating profile. Uh, <laughs> let's talk about three other areas real quick because we are right up again on time. Uh, you look at things like credit cards. You know, always saying that you need a credit card for emergencies. We just did a whole episode about, you know, earning points and rewards. You anchor to the idea that you are winning with credit cards because credit card companies have sold this so well that you would be dumb not to use a credit card to leverage points and rewards and get those cashback opportunities, right? So we anchor on that, like, I'm being smart. These financial guys know what they're talking about. This is the way I'm supposed to do it. You might have seen some other successful people do it, and now you're doing it, but yet you're not paying that credit card credit card off every month. And you are paying way more in interest than you're earning in points and rewards. Uh, like we just talked about, Amber, you have your first card. You're anchored to your first card, right? Are you not anchored? You have a hard time giving that up, don't you? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's attached to the bank I use. It's very easy. It's convenient. I, I It's hard to think about changing it, for sure. Do you feel like you have a relationship with it? I mean, not, I wouldn't go that far. Not like... <laughs> What do you think? She sleeps with me or something? I mean, it does stay Amber. in my phone. <laughs> I was going to say, don't you have it memorized? The I do. I do. So you have a I relationship can, with it. I can buy any, anything anywhere. It's in my head. Uh, no, but I think it's for, I think it's, it is real. Like I've heard, I mean, people have gotten to tears cutting up some of their first credit cards it's like that it's a deep relationship that you have with some of those so that's interesting (laughs) chris did you sleep with it (laughs) let's talk about vehicles which we've talked about plenty of times on the show which by the way we need to do a whole new episode of this it's been three years since i think we talked about used and new vehicles and i think it'd be a good debate be a good debate for all five of us we've been talking about vehicles on tiktok and man those videos just go crazy it's amazing how stupid crazy we are about these things (laughs) it's so funny people's comments it is unbelievable but if you look at vehicles like new cars say are more reliable than used cars so you might always be constantly buying a new car because you're anchored on this idea that a used car isn't reliable it's not safe you're always going to have to fix it up or kind of like the coles example we gave you uh, a salesman when you go on the lot to look at vehicles a salesman who knows about anchor bias may show you the expensive cars first, but then they go and show you the cheaper cars and you think you're getting a better deal because those first cars that had the more expensive price are your anchor and you're looking at the cheaper price, you're saying, oh, this is a heck of a deal. And you don't really do your homework on those vehicles to find out if it is and you tend to find out that maybe you overpaid, right? Because you were so anchored on that first price. So you gotta be careful with some of these things. Again, marketers, salespeople, they know how to use these tricks against you to get you to spend more money, but still thinking that you're getting a good deal. And then last but not least, guys, is college. You know, for a long time, people thought that going to college got you a great job. Meanwhile, a lot of people just tended to ignore the enormous cost of their college and how much it was going to cost in its entirety once they graduated. They ignored the fact of how much money they were going to make once they actually graduated and what the job placement was going to be. 
Uh, and if their even degree was marketable, you know, you look at some of these crazy degrees out there and then people are getting out and they're, you know, working at McDonald's and it's like, well, there's no marketability for some of those degrees. Now, I think in a lot of ways, this mentality is completely shifting and I'll be interested to see what college looks like in 10 or 15, 20 years, honestly. That might be a good conversation for another podcast, honestly, but that's a, that's an anchoring bias though, that we've had for many years that if you don't go to college, you ain't going to get a good job. And that's just, we're finding out that that's just not true. Right. I seen something this, I think it was this week. I think it was Kellogg's is, was announced that they are going to do away with uh, requiring college degrees for jobs that don't require the degree, you know? So like, you know, cause I mean, it, Colleges did this, but also, I mean, workforce has followed. And I mean, there, yeah, I remember, I remember when our dad left his job and I remember the person he, re, like their, that job required a college degree when he left it, even though he never had a college degree. So I think that's cool that some companies are starting to say, Hey, we're not going to no longer require a degree for this role if it really doesn't require it. Yeah, for sure. And I think you're, I think you'll start to see more and more of that. Um, especially as some of these companies start speaking out about it you know, and, and how college plays a role in some of the, you know, I mean, obviously I get education is important for, I mean, obviously Chris, you're very educated. You have your doctorate. I mean, you, this would be a good conversation for you and what you think about all this. Um, probably the most, you, know, you are, you're the most educated person on this show. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I got more degrees. I mean, does that make me more educated or more intelligent? I don't think so. Yeah. But I, I will throw in one thing and I've seen this with, with high school students is the there's the anchor mentality that I've got to go to a good school. Right. Mm. Not just go to college yeah, to get a good, a good job, one. but I've got to go to a good school. I'll, real quickly, I had a, a girl who told me that if she didn't get into Northwestern or Duke, that her life was ruined. Why? Because her parents had convinced her that as a female, if she didn't for some reason go to those two schools, she wasn't going to be successful. And she had already been in and out of the hospital three times that year wow. worrying about her grades. Wow. That's intense. Yes. And what my guess is 90, probably 90 plus or more percent of employers probably never even asked to see it. <laughs> they don't even care where you got your degree from, but I'm, I mean, there are, I'm sure there are some, yeah, I'm sure there are some fields that it matters, but the lar- the vast majority, I don't think like I want my brain surgeon to have an actual doctorate, right. but I don't care about most positions. Yeah. Yeah. When wow. I did hiring, when I did hiring in the sign business and we were a small, very small company, but I mean, I looked at lots of resumes when we were hiring people. I'd never looked at the college stuff. I just didn't care. I, was, I want to see the experience, right? See where, what, what they did and what their cover letter looked like. And I, I never even, never even asked questions about where they went to school. It just, it just didn't matter to me. And, um, and it, and it really, it really didn't say how good of an employee they were going to be either. Uh, it was all the other stuff that went around with the hiring process. And so I think, I think companies are getting to see this, but obviously I'm sure the companies and the schools are in, you know, they're in together on some of that stuff. Right. Cause if, you know, the schools want to stay in business cause it is a business, but, uh, anyways, there you guys have it with anchoring bias. So make sure you're just checking this, make sure you're looking at how, why am I thinking about the way that I do about my money? Why am I managing the money that I, the way I am? And I, I guarantee you, there's going to be some anchors in there on why you're still continuing to do the things that you do. And here at this podcast, we're trying to get you to see all this other information out there 
And that's why some of you stay stuck because you're so stuck in these anchors like, oh, that'll never be me. I can never do that. I can never pay off that much debt. You heard Katie's numbers today, $116,000 paid off in almost five years on a single income. You might say like, that'll never happen to me because you're comparing it to your own situation. You're also comparing it to some broken lenses that you're looking at your finances through. But if you're willing to challenge that information, you're willing to challenge the status quo of how you manage your money, you can start making better progress. And we see that all the time. And just to add to that, I was making just over $13 an hour when I started Roots. So yeah, you can't say you have to be making a ton of money either. And I love that you shared that with me because we had, we had a TikToker that was, that was really <laughs> doing this, uh, uh, basically bashing one of our members who, uh, Sonia, who's been on our podcast, uh, paid off nearly $30,000 in less than a year and, uh, said it was absolute BS. It's a scam. And so, uh, I went on attack <laughs> and, and I got Katie like, to how share. How much were you making? Yeah. How much, how much were you making per hour when you started? I was like, oh yes, this is going to be awesome. <laughs> <laughs> so good. All right, guys, we're going to take a quick break and we'll be back with uh, some celebrations. So the totally awesome debt freedom planner is helping so many people make consistent progress with their finances, whether that be building emergency funds, paying down bills, budgeting, tracking paydays, saving up for larger purchases, goal planning, and planning for those irregular yearly expenses that always seem to catch you by surprise. Now, the Debt Freedom Planner will help you take the stress out of managing your money. And if the thought is running through your mind, hey, I just need to have a simple tool to get my finances together, this planner is perfect for you. Head over to therealdebtfreedad.com, click on the Debt Freedom Planner in the menu at the top of the page, and order your Debt Freedom Planner today. And that's how it means it's time for the celebrations of the show. First, we have Jennifer Orlman. I brought my coffee to work all week. Didn't stop to buy one. And money saved was $15. Doesn't sound like much, but it sure adds up. That yeah. adds up a lot. Yeah. It adds up a lot. I mean, what is that? 15 times 52. That's $780 a year. No, that's not even 15 bucks. Oh, yeah. $15 a week. Is that what she said? Yeah. Yeah. $15 a week. 780 bucks a year. It's good savings to me. Mm-hmm. And you drink it at home. It's a fraction of the price. Maybe treat yourself once in a while. It's a great win, Jennifer. Great job. Uh, Kelly Tyson became eligible to receive rewards from my credit union, which, by the way, this is amazing, to open an account with 6.17% interest. So my ER fund will really start growing, which is awesome. Uh, I don't know how long that's going to stay there, but uh, hey, if, if you got cash and you could put money in savings, man, uh, savings is getting some good rates right now. So that's great. Good job. And Shana Skinner, yesterday was a test. She has ADHD and it was payday, which usually means impulsive spending on on payday. But she was proud that she did not buy dinner out, that her and her hubby went grocery shopping together with a list and a meal plan. And so she went to everybody's favorite place to buy blue shirts, Target, and only grabbed what was on the list and did not get anything more. Yeah, that's a huge win. Huge, yeah. huge win. <laughs> it's an amazing win. Way to go, Shannon. Congratulations. 
And then Jenny Herkert, last night they ate leftovers instead of ordering out. So she did better than I did last night because I went out. I was too lazy to cook. Yeah, that is awesome. Hey, how many of you are leftovers people, by the way? I'm a leftover person. Anyone else leftover? Hey, Katie, you are? Uh, it's not my favorite, but Paul eats leftovers. Paul, you don't? Okay. So you don't like it's them. not my favorite. There's a couple things I'll eat leftovers, but other than that, I don't want to touch them. Really? Yep. Ryan, what about you real quick? Yes, there's a, there, I'm the same. There's a handful of things I'll eat, but like my, my family, like my wife and kids, they like, they'll eat it, but I'm not a big, my, my wife's aunt used to call it used food. So, <laughs> <laughs> so I'm not a big used food eater. <laughs> if I'm making spaghetti, I know I am making that for like the next four days. That is what I am yeah. eating. Yeah. So. Yeah. yeah, yeah and I'll way. eat that. I'll eat that. Yeah. I don't care. I'll, I'll eat it. try that with the... I'm going to try that on the car lot next time. I'm going to say, well, that car was here yesterday, so it's used. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, there's some people that, like, I have friends that I camp with, Rick and Aaron. They they are not leftover people, and when they're done eating, they literally throw the food away. I'm just like, what in the heavens are you doing? <laughs> like, <laughs> I will eat this. And, they, and then they sometimes give it to me. Um, but, yeah, it it's fascinating to me. There are there, I, That's just so weird to me. What don't you like about it, Amber? I just want to know. Um, some things just can't be reheated. Like what? Like, Give me an example. Chick- like, let's say, okay, I can do chicken if I throw it in the air fryer, reheat it, but okay. I cannot microwave chicken. It, no, there's just, Interesting. it changes the taste. Um, you need a steamer. Yeah, I mean, no, that's, what the, that's what the power level button's for. Turn the power level down and then go more time and it comes out juicy and not, not dry. I don't even know what you're talking about. <laughs> we need to have an episode the microwave of the podcast on how to use setting. a microwave. That's it. The microwave has one setting. The one, no, two, three, four, the power five, level. Look in the manual. Amber's, this is going to be a new... Amber's got it on level 10. <laughs> hey, Am- Amber, I'm totally with you. Nobody in the family lets me heat. Like if they want to heat something up, and my wife heats it up. I, I, I guarantee you, I asked Paul. He yeah. he has no idea what a power level is either. Mine's so all ten of you for out two there minutes, and you're burning the roof of your mouth. That's what. You're <laughs> Get on YouTube and YouTube how to use the power level button on a microwave. Uh, those microwaves are pretty sophisticated nowadays. They do some pretty cool stuff. Apparently. There's some that are metal inside. And I'm like, can I put metal in the microwave then or no? Because I don't know. Yeah, our, still... our camper one has metal inside. Uh, yeah, I can't. I, mm-hmm. It blows my mind. The anchoring of what I learned in science. Classes. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> All right. We got one last one. It's Nancy Munoz. Uh, another week of summer school is in the books. Extra money equals extra bills to pay off. Yeah, that is amazing, Nancy. Congratulations and congrats. Sorry, excuse me. <laughs> wow. Brad just hit puberty right there. <laughs> no, I was there 43, finally. <laughs> all right, guys. Congratulations to all you guys who are working so hard at getting out of debt. And if you're just getting started with our podcast or maybe you've been listening for some time and you're interested in how you can get started on the road to financial freedom, Go visit our website at balancesense.com and sign up for our free Life Without Payments workshop where I'm going to show you the first steps that have helped tens of thousands of people just like you and I kick financial stress and worry for good. We'll see you guys next week. Thanks for listening to the Debt-Free Dad podcast. 
Connect with us on Facebook, TikTok, YouTube, and Instagram at Brad Nelson Debt Free Dad. If you found value in today's episode, please leave a rating and review. We so appreciate it. For resources, show notes, and links mentioned in today's show, visit balancedsense.com. That's balancedsense, C E N T S.com. Catch you next week.